It's Matt Cuthbert. Nathan Jaggy. Three, two, one, enjoy your Hello, welcome to Sportscar Jersey, a show dedicated to sports that you love on the island. On today's show we have Nathan Jagu from Tigers Swimming Club. I've also been up to Parkrun and talked to volunteers and runners alike to see what their experience of the Saturday morning 5k is like. A big thank you to our sponsor Sports Hub for sponsoring today's show. It's great to see local companies getting behind such an exciting project so soon. If you would like to sponsor Sportscar Jersey, please email dpasport19 at gmail.com. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of island sports. Firstly, I went up to Lakenna Bay on Saturday to see what exactly Parkrun is and why it's such a popular event on a Saturday morning. Ready? Timekeepers, are you ready? Lisa, are you definitely ready? You are. Right, Jack, ready? Three, two, one, enjoy your park run. So we're up at Park Run. How long has it been in Jersey? Uh, park Run's been in Jersey now just over four years. Um, it was brought over by Paul Burrows and his partner Nicola Gott. They kind of, along with Emma Palo, um, Emma had thought about it, looked at it before Paul got on board and brought it over, got the, the buy in of the states. Um, to kind of get behind it as well. The whole idea that sort of park run in the UK at the time was beginning to sort of gather pace. And then, yeah, four years ago, and, and, and now here we are. I think it's uh, quite a sort of phenomenon locally, really. For people who might not know, what is Park Run? Uh, park Run is a weekly, every Saturday morning, 9am, timed 5k, but the, the big thing is it's free. So, uh, and in being in Jersey, if it's free, that's a good thing, obviously. But yeah, and, and it's global. And I think that's the, the main thing. Uh, there are a couple of countries where it's 10 a.m. because of kind of safety reasons and, and daylight. But generally, it's, it's 9 a.m. All you need to do is register with Park Run, print off your barcode, and turn up. And there is nothing else to do. And I think the simplicity of it makes it just such a, a nice thing and because we are an island where we've got people know every you know people come here quite transient you, you can go back to where you are be it england south africa australia or be on a holiday you can go and run a park run how long have you been involved with it uh since the start uh yeah i i kind of just stopped running uh and Paul sort of got me involved. I'd known Paul through trail running previously to that, and we'd done a lot of running together, a lot of ultra marathons. And he wanted a core team to sort of get involved and, and bring this up. So there was myself, uh, Sam Horsfall, Chris Dory, um, and and we kind of got involved with Paul and to, to bring it on. And, and from there, the, we've had. Michael Chater uh, get involved. Michael's just a key man for this event now. Uh, Caroline and Nigel Parry, Tanya. It, there is a big group of people, and still with Sam, Michael and Sam are the co-event directors. And, it, and it's the, these people that kind of bring this event on. And the, and the runners themselves. I mean, you, you've seen today the amount of uh, visitors that we've got. That if it wasn't for Park Run, they, they wouldn't be coming to Jersey on a, I mean, not the, the brightest of October <laughs> Saturday mornings, but it, I mean, for sure, that it, that it, it brings the people in. And it, it's such a community spirit. And I think the thing is, it's not just about the, the running that 
what it brings is you've got people here that can't run, like me. I, I can't run anymore, um, and there are people that are injured, and if they want to, they come and volunteer, and, it, and it's, a, it's a good laugh, and it's good to be involved, and it's good to be out and active. And having just had sort of that mental health awareness, I think it's important that you've got a lot of people, if they are injured and they can't get active, that you still want to be involved, and it's really hard if you can't be involved in something that you really enjoy, that you can still get out there and be in it. What does Parkrun mean to you? For me, Parkrun is community. It's uh, something social to do on a Saturday morning. Um, I think it's really good for people's mental health and their well-being. And I just love the fact that it's free and that people volunteer and give up their time to make it happen. I think it's amazing. How many times have you done this particular course? Oh, off the top of my head, I think it's about 125 times now. Have you done it anywhere else as well? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I've just got back from doing one um, near Coniston in the Lake District. Uh, I've done one near Toronto, uh, Beach Strip Park Run. Um, I've also done um, Brighton, just outside um, London near Crawley there. Um, yeah, done quite a few of them. Wherever I go, I always take my uh, barcode so I can make it happen. <laughs> uh, what would you say to others who are thinking about doing Park Run? Should they come up and do it? Well, I say just give it a go. I mean, it's not, it's competitive if you want it to be, but um, it's really community-based. I mean, you see people pushing prams around, you know, walking dogs. Um, anyone can do it. I mean, I, I just think it would be a great thing to try. And if you don't like it, you don't have to come back. <laughs> Welcome to Park One Jersey and well done. Uh, is this your first time here? No, it's my second time here. <laughs> I came before and I was injured and I walked yeah. it and I still loved it. So I wanted to come back to stay and run it. What does Parkrun mean to you? Oh, it's a chance to get together with friends, running, and compete against yourself <laughs> and your club mates. <laughs> Can't let them beat you. Did you travel over this morning? Yeah, we travelled on the seven o'clock flight. Got here eight. What would your message be to other park runners who might be interested in coming to Jersey or even starting Parkrun? Oh, so it's, this is a lovely park run, don't you think? Yeah. It's a really nice route, bit of everything. Very friendly. The volunteers are some of the nicest I've had. Firstly, well done. How was out there today? Uh, it was fun. It was uh, nice and cool and, the, you know, the rain sort of helped. It was just nice. How many times have you done Parkrun? I think it's 62. Yeah, 62. What does Parkrun mean to you? Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's great because it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, hopefully you get a reasonable time. You get home, have a shower and 10 o'clock. The day's your own. You feel good. Uh, what would your message be for people who may be interested in running and don't know Parkrun? What would your message be to get them up here? Basically, you've got the elite and you've got people that come in 50 minutes, maybe up to an hour. Just, just come and enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's brilliant. You can go what speed you want and at the end of the day, yeah, you've achieved something, really. Well done. How was that out there? Uh, it was horrible and wet, but apart from that, it was good. Uh, how many times have you done parkrun? About eight, eight and nine of those have just been fully walking. That shows that you can come up and do whatever you like, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. It's very inclusive. Uh, what would your message be to people who maybe want to get into exercise, any sort of exercise, and come up to parkrun? Parkrun's good. You don't have to run. You can walk whatever speed suits you. There'll always be a little tail runner to make sure you don't get lost, and it's definitely worth it. Well done for both of you. How many times have you done it each? Well, this is, uh, this is my second at, uh, at here at Jersey. 
but I've done about 160, 170 park runs so far. Yeah, it's my first time here in Jersey, uh, but I'm up to about 42. Yeah. How have you found park run? What does it mean to you? Uh, it's uh, part of the transform transformed my life really. I mean, I was um, I was totally unfit before part run happened. I, I, uh, well, I was told by the doctor that I needed to do some exercise. So um, my goal was to do a part run because uh, I started counts to 5k which is a slow progression up to running 5k over a, over a period of time and, and that enabled me to do park run and ever since I'll never forget that feeling when I did the first park run it gave me the incentive to keep going. Yeah same here really uh, a few of my friends started to do it encouraged me to come down and I haven't really looked back really it's such a good uh, atmosphere because it isn't that competitive but there's everyone that comes past you is really supportive, and that just it's, that's what keeps you going. Not that you're going to ever win, but what would your message be to people who might want to start exercising and come up to Parkham? Well, there's uh, there's there's no limits to how much or how little you need to do. Just start off small and build up, and uh, and carry on from there, and you'll be you'll be surprised at what you can achieve. It's every, it's within everybody to do a 5k park run. That doesn't you can walk it, whatever, uh, and it is doable for everybody. So. Don't be afraid to take that to take that first step. Yeah, I'd uh, just say the same. Really, it's don't be afraid to come down and just do it. Uh, there is no one's going to judge you. That, that that's the best thing about this. No one's judging it. Just everybody's behind you because everybody started off somewhere. Well done for both doing it. How old are you? Um, eight. Eight. How is it out there? Good. How many times have you done parkrun? Once. Your first time. Would you come back? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Did it take much to encourage? No, no, we just thought, I just want to get out of bed early and do something, and we lived down the road, so we just thought this is a, a really good excuse for us all to, to do it. Was this your first time too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of Parkrun as a whole? Great, amazing atmosphere, uh, such great support. I think it was the support people clapping us on that made us finish, right? We were only going to do two laps around Canavay and we ended up doing the full thing. Okay. One word to describe your morning. Um, fun. How'd you find out there? It was all right. It's a bit rainy today. That's why I didn't run. But my mum's doing it because uh, she wants to get fit. <laughs> Is this your first time park no, run? Sixth run, but yeah. I do walk in between in the week. But I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight for health reasons. And uh, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Uh, describe park run for yourself. What does it mean to you? Um, it's fabulous because mums can push their babies in prams. Dogs can be walked as well. And you do it in your own time. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a bit out of breath. Uh, <laughs> you do it in your own time. And it's such a sort of lovely, friendly feeling here. You can just, everybody talks to you. Everybody waves you on and eager to get you coming back to the finishing line. <laughs> Which it just, doesn't matter what level you are. You can be a complete beginner. Mum's not walked before and we've got a going around walking she didn't think she could do one mile let alone three so it's uh, that's what yes, it's all it's, about it's is getting really, people off the I couch really. anybody who feels a bit shy about it but just come put your leotards on because i didn't want to put mom to start with but i i am and i look so much thinner anyway now so does it make you feel much better once yes, you've done it it does yes get home sit down have a cup of tea and then after about half an hour you're feeling fine in fact you're feeling great you want to get on and do other things <laughs> but it helps so, you build off uh, colds and things like that yeah. i've not suffered with any over the winter no, if you just come it's out been, it's fabulous so that's all i can say but it's all free that's the main thing yeah. and and all the, love, the families yeah. and Chance things it's lovely. yes lovely thank you guys that was a really interesting morning i spent up at Le Canavé 
and it really surprised me how popular such a event could be. It really showed that you could go out and whilst you're being active you can also improve your social activity in a big community event which is free which is the main thing with like-minded people of all abilities so don't be scared to go up to the next saturday and take part sportscast jersey the voice of violent sports up next on the sportscast jersey i talked to nathan jagu the head coach of tiger swimming club we spoke about his early swimming career and how that moved into coaching to now being a well-respected coach on the island. Were you always into swimming from a young age or was there any other sports which you were quite good at? Um, I was always into swimming. I was always into other sports as well. Um, I think luckily for people who live in Jersey, you can do multitude of sports and it's one of the rarities we have and it's one of the reasons why we punch above our weight. nationally and internationally is because most kids here are quite athletic um so yeah I was always into swimming um I was never the neatest swimmer but I I worked pretty hard and yeah but I loved everything else as well all the other sports you know football rugby athletics cross country whatever I could do I did and um I was really lucky my parents allowed me to do that as well but yeah um swimming was installed in me from a young age uh did you swim to a high level whilst you were younger growing up Relatively high. Um, I went to a few national championships. I won a few national medals. Um, there was no Youth Commonwealth Games when I was swimming, so I did a couple of Ireland Games. Narrowly missed out on a Commonwealth Game berth in 2002 uh, by literally by point two of a second. So that was always a bit of a hard one to take. But, yeah, I mean, I did what I could do locally. Um, I didn't go on. I didn't go to university or anything like that, so I couldn't push on. But um, I think I've reached a pretty high level for a national age grouper. How was it to miss out by such a narrow margin? Yeah, it wasn't the nicest thing, but actually, to be honest, I thought I'd be in four years later, I'd be in uh, doing the same thing again. Um, I wasn't. And um, yeah, for me personally, at the time, I just thought, well, it'll be all right. I'll I'll get back into swimming. And um, to be fair, four years is a long time. There's a lot of decisions to make, further education, um, other sports. I probably should have specialised in swimming when I turned 15, 16. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a good coach in Paul Defer and I just sort of lost the love and I'd done a lot of training, heavy training. I was a distance swimmer. I just put my body through quite a bit. In those days, it wasn't still, we didn't have the whole recovery side of things as we do now. So yeah, I picked up a few injuries. But yeah, I mean, the, the hardest bit was watching the boys in 2006 do so well. Um, they made a few relay finals and they're all my good mates, you know, Hawksworth, Alexi, Simon Curry, Ardley and Defer. I trained with them for about seven, eight years. So that was the hardest bit, not being there with them. I was happy for them. But yeah, it's one of those things. When did the idea of being a coach come about? Was that always the next step for you? Not at all. Um, To be honest, I I always helped out with the club. Um, Again, something Paul really installed in the club was to give back. And most of us got our level one swimming teaching or our lifeguarding. And we did that as a voluntary basis. Or if we'd quit swimming, we could do it as a paid job. I sort of did that when I finished at Highlands when I was 19. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I didn't really want to go to uni. So I sort of um, flitted from jobs. And Lemuria Swim School just started opening up at uh, Les Orms, the, the new pool there, back in, all of it in about 2007. 
and uh, Malcolm offered me a great opportunity to join him in reopening their school. I sort of did that, and then uh, I was just helping out Tigers on the side, really, and they had a good coach and Dan Corden, who was an Australian, and I was doing the mornings with him and working swimming teaching. And basically, Dan left, and they asked me if I wanted to come on as a performance coach, and that would have been in 2009. So I would have only been 22, 23, and then, yeah, so sort of did that, and I was like, oh, actually, maybe I do quite enjoy this. Did a stint out in Australia, and then in 2010 came back and took on the head coach's role for the club. Uh, how is it out in Australia? Yeah, I loved it. It's amazing. over. I mean, it's, it's a different ball game over there. Swimmers are treated like footballers over here. Um, it's a main sport for them. Um, I, look, it's, it's hard to compare because you live in the sunshine. It's outdoor swimming, and most Australian kids are pretty into swimming from a young age it's you know it's a national sport what I would say is what I learned was that we're not too dissimilar and as I said before one of the reasons I think we thrive as an island is because kids can do a lot of sport and you know it's it's achievable to go out there and play sport and I think in Australia they like that and the only thing I would say about Australians is you know there's a lot less parents involvement um and I think that's because they just believe, just let the kids learn. I think that if I could bring anything over here, it'd be that sort of mentality from parents. And that's not a dig at parents, but I just think in Australia, like, right, out you go. It's your job. You do what you need to do. Um, whereas over here, I think parents get get a little bit excited and a little bit too involved. So I loved it. Um, it's amazing. And when we went in 2018 with the guys for the Commonwealth Games, it was great to go back to the school that I was working at in the swim club and see everyone there. But... Yeah, you know, I just it's a learning curve, and I think I came back. I was better for it. Uh, what kind of brand of coach are you? Are you Mr. Nice Guy, or are you work work them hard and they'll see the rewards? I think I, I, I would imagine I'm pretty approachable to most of the kids if they were honest. I think we're pretty strict. Again, I don't think I needed to do too much because that was already installed in the club. Um, it's a bit like the whole Manchester United thing you know Alex Ferguson led it for so long that you know when you go there you've got a there's a certain type of athlete you need to be and it's the same with Tigers you know with commitment if you are willing to commit then the coaches are willing to commit then we feel like you're going to do a good job so I think I work them pretty hard I think they'll they'll never turn around and say that then that they don't work hard but um I wouldn't say I'm strict I think the club is just it's got its ethics and they do it really well and um people who buy into that know they're going to be pretty successful doesn't matter which tier they're going for, whether it be the Channel Islands or to national level, um, they just know if they buy into it, we'll we'll be there with them to try and deliver it. Uh, for those who don't know, it's quite a strict kind of regime to the point at Tigers. Explain it more. Yeah, I mean, we have um, you basically have your squad levels, and um, if you want to be in goal squad, you've got to do a certain amount of sessions. That often involves getting up before school. You don't have to be an elite level swimmer to do that. I mean, Harry is a good example of that. He wasn't a gold squad swimmer until later in his years because he didn't want to commit. So what he would do is do a few sessions that suited him and his lifestyle. And then, you know, when he got a bit older, we sat down and we spoke about it. But within the squads, we try and install discipline. Um, you know, if the training you have to do is before school and that's the best time to do it, then we just believe you can do that. So, I mean, the guys now, they're up to 16, 20 hours a week in the pool or in the gym. I mean, but that's what they want to do and that's what we're offering. And i got to say, if they weren't willing to get up in the morning, then we wouldn't be there. I mean, we had 42 this morning at Hope Valley at 5.30 in the morning. There's not many sports that kids would be that committed to do it. And they're not forced. 
It, there's no gun to their head. They don't, you know, if they don't want to be in that squad and they don't want to make that commitment, that's absolutely fine. We still offer programs for them. But yeah, I just think they know that someone in the UK is doing that. So if they don't get out of bed, someone else is. And if they want to be a national champ, if they want to be a Commonwealth Games swimmer, they've got to sort of put in that commitment. Do you remember your first couple of days being in and around Tigers and how, how how different was it to anything you've seen before or how hard was it to get those swimmers to believe in your uh, ways of coaching? Yeah, I, I mean, again, when I was coaching with Dan, he was a very Australian type of coach, quite laid back. Um, you know, believes in a lot of hard work, but it was very much like, if you don't... It's hard to put it, but if you didn't want to do the work, then it's fine, we'll give you a lane. Whereas I just think when I walked in, you know, I had a lot of enthusiastic kids. Again, I was quite young, so I was quite enthusiastic yeah. as well. I wanted to make a good impression. So you want to challenge them, to be honest. And the first couple of days, I think that's what we did. Um, that first season particularly was tough. You know, I was coaching kids only a couple of years younger than us. And um, you, you sort of want to be a bit more... Um, imposing, you know, and it, I, and we did that for the first couple of seasons. I think now I don't need to be like that. I'm older, I've got my own family and, you know, I'm coaching kids who are that, that much younger than me. But at the time, um, I remember having to coach someone like Ian Black who had some great coaches, you know, and he wanted to go to the Commonwealth Games and you're sitting there thinking, right, what do we need to do? And, you know, he's only five years younger than me. So he was like, right, how do we get this? And how do I make him believe that I'm going to be the guy that does it with him? And you sort of just have to say, right, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to go about it and if you commit, I'll commit and that's what we did and we had a lot of good swimmers in that era. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how the first, I would say, first sort of start. I would say now we're much more skill-minded and, you know, if you come in at the beginning, it's very much like this is what we do, not necessarily so, like, daunting, but I'm a bit older, a bit wiser. Uh, how much has the club grown since those days that you first joined? Well, we've grown because we've been allowed to grow. Um when Fort Region shut down and we moved to Hope Valley, you know, we we weren't allowed a lunch swim programme. I was taken away from the club, which, as anyone would tell you, any swimming community, if you are got no feeder base, you know, you're struggling. So when I came in, we had 110 members. I mean, we're close to 400 members now. So it's growing. It's not growing because I'm doing anything different. It's just growing because we've been allowed to be bigger. We've now got a lunch swim programme and we've got a good set of coaches all the way through. And we've had some... You know, hard times, AIB, when the financial world crashed, you know, they were giving us a big sponsorship. They pulled out, um, so we had to find that. We then lost um, pool time. We then got pool time was increased in terms of uh, expenditure, so we, we had a massive deficit we had to find. Um, there was four full-time coaches. We went down to one. So it was a hard time, but the club's grown. We're now self-sufficient. Uh, like, we don't need any... Sponsorship, we have a great sponsor in Caligo, but if we didn't have them, we could still run as a club. And I think that was a big part of what we've tried to do in the last 10 years. And I think we're seeing the rewards in terms of kids now doing a really good job on the national front. Uh, that's a really good sign because obviously Jets are struggling at the moment. And seeing you where you are now, obviously that's going to help them a lot to believe in themselves. Yeah, you know, facilities on the island and how they run and everything is always going to be a big a uh, talking point. I, I don't know how jets are run personally. Um, i got to say, our swimmers have taken the, a big hit. Um, squad fees for one of our top swimmers is nearly £100 a month. You know, so I can't sit here and say the, the 
the, what happened wasn't forced onto the swimmers. It was, you know, so we make sure that the swimmers who are in part of the club can run the club. Um, so it's it's hard, and I, you know, Jets have got their battles. I think a lot of sports have their battles, and having been involved in the Commonwealth Games validation committee, we know there's plenty of sports out there who are fighting to either get some identity or get some facility time or get something. Everyone wants sponsorship, you know, so we're really grateful to Caligo. We were grateful to Walkers after AIB as well, and we were grateful to AIB. Um, i got to say a massive, you know, congratulations to the R committee who went through that hard time because they made some tough decisions. And at the time when I was young, I was like, oh, my God, where's this going to go? But they did a good job, and I think we're, we're seeing the benefits of it now. And the only thing I can say to any sport on the island is, you know, you've you got to stay within your limits and stay what you can do. And, you know, sometimes tough choices have to be made to make sure the club survives. Um, one big positive, obviously, that I know of personally is Harry Shannon. Uh, Commonwealth Games, and now he's over in America doing his thing. Um, any comments on him and any comments on other standouts for yourself? Yeah, obviously, Harry's a great success story. Um I would say 2018, watching him walk out in the final was one of the best moments I've had. Um, him actually making the uh, final after the semi-final was quite a funny uh, experience and a good story with him because we just we didn't know what to do with a little jersey and we just made a final. Um, and then having Gemma Affley and Ollie Turner on deck in the final, you know, him walking out in front of 10,000 Australian fans and the Australians had uh, three guys in the final. It was, it was a great time and um, I think... As I said earlier in the chat, he's a great example of if you need um, a kid or you have any type of athlete in your program, you don't need to make sure, well, you don't need to isolate them. You know, Harry wasn't a swimmer at ages 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. He was a good swimmer, but he wasn't a swimmer. He wanted to play football. He liked his social life. He still does like his social life. And um, I remember having a real good conversation with him when he was 15 and he was at the it's the Jersey Island Games in 2015. And I sat, I sat him down and said, what do you want to do? I said, I think you could make the Island Games team. I think you could go to the Youth Commonwealth Games. I think you could probably make the Commonwealths. And I probably think you can get a scholarship for swimming. And he's like, oh. I said, look, you don't have to do it. But that's, if you're going to, you've got to do it now because you're in year 10 or 11 at the time. And I said, you need to make a decision. You can't hang around. So he made a decision. And, yeah, I think, you know, for him, he's got, you know, a scholarship to America. He's doing amazing out there. He's been voted... You know, one of the top swimmers in his division to win an NCAA Division Two title from the Channel Islands is mad, um, and yeah, like he's done a really, really good job. And you know, even people like Gemma Affley is another one who's gone to America. She's in Washington. You know, um, she just swam again at the weekends, producing PBs. I think it's great. I think again in Jersey, we've got to get off the island, try and encourage them. We've got three boys at boarding school. Um, I get a lot of people saying, "Why would you want to send your best swimmers away?" I think we need to go away. I think, we, again, I think one of Jersey's biggest problems is holding on to athletes. I think we need to get the best athletes in the island off island away from us. That's not because coaching is not good enough. It's because our environment is not good enough, you know. And we can be the best we want to be, but, you know, Matt Banahan became a better player when he went to um, London Irish. Brett Pittman became a better player when he left the island. Vincenti, all those guys, Serena Gunthery, she didn't, you know what I mean? They weren't... Um, international standard athletes when they were here 
they were good athletes. They had to leave, and I think we should encourage that a little bit more. And um, those guys going to America and doing a good job is great. I mean, in terms of us, I mean, I've, we've obviously had Emily Bashforth, who made the um, junior European team in 2012. Um, she was a great talent. We've got Isaac Dodds, who just ran uh, in Czech Republic this summer for Great Britain in the open water. We've got Tom Defans, became a national champion. Uh, this year, only our third one after Isaac and Simon Couriard. So, I mean, we've had some really good swimmers. The challenge now is how they make the next step. We've got Youth Commonwealth Games in 2021. I'd love to see one of those guys, you know, in a final, doing something well. We've got Robbie, you know, who's at Mount Kelly. Hopefully he'll be in 2022 with Harry and Gemma and maybe some others at, in Birmingham doing a good job as well. Is that something that you use to show those coming up now as a this is where you could be kind of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you went through the club's record books, Harry's not mentioned once between 11 and 14. Yeah. He's not even on there, you know. So I just think, I say in every sport, even if your kid's the best at 10 or 11, it doesn't mean they've made it. And I think for most of our guys, I think if anything, Harry's a great example. And we've had others who you hang in there, you do the skills well, even if it's not your thing. Stay with the sport, and you never know. Ollie's the same. I mean, Ollie's blessed. You know, Ollie will be the first to tell you that he was never an elite athlete of anything until he sort of went right. Okay, seventeen, eighteen. This is what I want to do. And okay, triathlon's probably a bit more of a late development sport. But you know, now he's out there. He's going to Malta in a couple of weeks. He's had a great time. He's been to Commonwealth Games. I just think you don't listen to your coaches, do your homework, be good at school, enjoy your sport, and you never know what's going to happen. Um. Obviously, well, when I was back watching the swimming galas when my sister was swimming, for me, what stood out was the rivalry between Tigers and Jersey Swimming Club. Is that still there? Is it still as big? Well, I used to be a Jersey Swimming Club swimmer. Um, <laughs> so I moved um, clubs way back in 98 or 99. I mean, there's only rivalry with any club, you know. It's the same as we've had the entrance at the weekend and um, you've got Bozeshaw, Barracudas and Guernsey. Um yeah, I mean, it, the swimmers still do it. You still go to the galas and they, they have their own inter-house rivalry and it's, you know, um, Jersey Swimming Club, are, you know, have got some very good juniors coming through and uh, it's always nice for, you know, the guys to have someone to race against. Um, I think it'd be interesting moving forward for the islands, you know, how many clubs do you need and what do you want from your clubs and what do the swimmers want from the clubs themselves and, you know, I'd, I'd love to have a sort of system Island Man have, but we'll wait and see. But yeah, there's always rivalry and it's always healthy rivalry. Uh, now on to a bit more on you. Coach of the year, how good was the lead-up, how good was the whole experience and how good was winning it? It's always a nice honour to win anything. Um, last year, um, you know, sort of highlighted how well the club did. Um, you're, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but you're only as good as the athletes you work with and... I mean, like I said, we had 42 kids there this morning getting up for an early morning. So, I mean, I could be the best coach in the world. If no one turned up this morning, it's pretty, it's pretty irrelevant. So it was great. I mean, I always feel for the club, it's, it's great success. We want the club to do as well as it can. And swimming is on the up at the moment. People are talking about swimming. Then, you know, they look at swimming and they look at me involved with not just Tigers, but the Iron stuff. And, you know, they think we're doing a good job. So I think if it promotes swimming and it helps swimming community, that's great. For me personally... It means I'm doing something well and, you know, it's always great to be recognised by your peers and everyone else in the Channel Islands. 
as I said before, we're so blessed with so many good coaches, so many good athletes. So to win it was amazing. Um, yeah, and hopefully we can just get better. I mean, Harry doing what he did in America, sorry, not in America, in the Commonwealth Games, we don't want that to be an exception. We want to try and make that the norm. So, And we know, or I know, they're most likely going to leave us and go on to better coaching facilities, better coaches, better athletes. But if we've helped them along that journey, then that's what we want. Uh, like you said, facilities, do you think they are good enough on the island or are you really looking for improvement? I always think every sport wants better facilities. Um, I mean, if I was to sit here and moan about what we have available to us, I think some coaches in the UK would laugh. Um, you know, we've got kids who are commuting. Well, we know just from, you know, getting up at three o'clock in the morning to commute to an early morning session. And so we can't moan on that front. Um, from my personal point of view, I think it's the availability of facilities rather than the facilities and how readily easy they are to access, the cost of it. Um, as I said to you before, I mean, swimming for us is an expensive sport. Um, they're paying £100 a month before they've done any of the trips away. Uh, and okay, people will say, well, that's my wage that's covered, that's it. But I don't know, I just think it's expensive. And if if we went to use the facilities, who would? And would they get the money? And they might find they say they do. But I think that me if if i could change anything it would be the cost of hiring a facility or the availability of a facility um if someone says to me would you love a 50 meter pool yes but if that meant we'd have our fees doubled because it's a bigger pool then no you know i think it comes hand in hand you've got to you know you can wish and people say that all the time oh you and it's like yeah but if it meant swimmers then have to pay 200 pound a month to access it it, what's the point because they're already struggling and actually if facilities are going to improve on the island and I know we're sitting here in Fort Regent you know yeah it's great but not if it comes at a cost to the community already and a lot of sports are paying a lot of money and you know I for me I just think it's can we run it better and can it be better better run by the government and the clubs themselves you know I know gymnastics I've just got, you know, from the Commonwealth Games, a, a full-on run run up for, you know, some of their floor stuff. And I think stuff like that's mad that it's it's the Commonwealth Games that have had to do it. I yeah, just think that's, yeah. it's crazy. It's like, why is that not available in the island? And, um, you know, and uh, there's lots of sports. Every sport wants something better. You know, you mentioned Jets before. I just spoke about gymnastics and, you know, football you know, with the Springfield and who accesses that. But all those things, I think everyone's got the same problem. It's just, it's. I think for me, it's the cost and how well you can access it and how well it's run. Um, it's Olympic, yeah? So is that going to create more of a buzz around swimming and is there more of a buzz already leading up to it? Yeah, I mean, it's always any Olympic year and it's like any World Cup or anything like that. It's always a buzz in that sort of sport. Um, in terms of swimming for us locally, um, at the last Olympic trials, we didn't have anyone go. We should have a few go this time. I think Harry will fly back and go. I mean, that'd be a big hope of mine. Um so, yeah, there's that buzz for us. We've got a couple of youngsters who hopefully make the junior section of the Games in terms of uh, qualifying for the Olympic trials. So being there and at an Olympic trials is pretty special. I mean, a lot of people will tell you sometimes the quality of swimming and atmosphere is better at Olympic trials than the Olympics themselves because it's so much emotion on the line. You know, when you watch someone um, make the team and when you're there, it's like, wow. Um, and I, for us as a sport, obviously Adam Peter doing fantastically well. So he's sort of putting swimming out there in the spotlight. So it's it's good and we're looking forward to it. Can't wait for April when the trials are in uh, Glasgow. And then, yeah, you never know. You never know who could surprise you. And 
like I said, I'd love to see Harry in the final of the Olympic trials as well with the big guns trying to make the big team and that would be a great experience and we'll see if he comes back. Is that one of the biggest buzzes of being a coach, seeing them at the top, top? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I remember watching Emily Bash in the uh, final of the 4x200 girls European relay and it was only on um, YouTube and... I just thought, wow, this is, you know, the atmosphere. And same when you, even when you just go to the Nationals. But I think, as I said before, you watch Gemma Raffley walk out in the Commonwealth Games. You watch Ollie go to the start line in the Commonwealth Games. You watch Harry walk out for his final or how his reaction after the semi-final. That's what it's all about. I mean, you can... Uh, it doesn't matter at any level. You know, you get some kid who's won a Hampshire medal and they never thought they were going to make Hampshires before. You sit there and they come running over to you and you think, well, I've made your day. And that's yeah. that's that's what it's about. And, um, yeah, and like I say, I mean, same for Robbie Jones. I mean, Robbie's out doing well at Mount Kelly. Again, I'd love to see him make a B final or, or an A final at Olympic trials. I think he could, you know, do a really good job there. And, I, I mean, my wish is in Birmingham we get, you know, not one final, but a couple of finals and maybe one or two people doing different. And you've come off games. I do think we'll have a few finalists there if we can get our head down and do a good job. And for those who might watch swimming on the TV at the Olympics and the younger generation think, oh, I want to do that, how can they come and start at a club? Well, I mean, there's plenty of learned swim schools in Jersey. That's something we're not sure of, you know, and... Um, First of all, I just think find somewhere that it caters to you, a venue that's close to you and you know you like it and swim. We often get people say, oh, well, you're, it's nothing about how good we are. If your kid's swimming, great. That's the number one thing. If they're swimming, then we're doing a good job. And if they're not swimming with us, hopefully they're swimming with another club or learn to swim school. But find your the best learn to swim school closest to you. In terms of us, I mean, we have a learn to swim program on the weekends and then we run squad programs all the way through from that. And so does Jersey Swimming Club. Um, but all the learning swim schools, I mean, on the island have pretty much got some good facilities. But, yeah, just whack on uh, the internet, Google uh, uh, swimming lessons and then see um, something will pop up. That's one of the main things that I've noticed over the years. When I was younger, I was swimming, I was playing football. Now they're not as active and that's something that I feel like we could improve. Do you think? Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think... I mean, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the chat about how athletic we are as an island, and I, I still believe that. However, we are very much like the UK, struggling with participation levels. Um, I remember when I was playing football, there was a, you know, under 12s, under 14s, under 16s, two leagues in each. You know, I'd be some under 18s, two leagues and that. You'd be lucky to get that. Trinity Shield, that was hugely popular. Same now, sometimes some teams are struggling. So, and that's an, that's an, hugely popular sport on the island in terms of football and sport in the UK. I think the danger is um, we as society get a little bit softer to these things. You know, we don't challenge it and we say, oh, it's okay and it's not, uh, you know. But there's restrictions all across the board. There's so much red tape in schools now and what kids can and can't do or can get away with. And, you know, it's the same coaching. From when I first started, what I could probably say and get away with in terms of being authoritative and um, trying to challenge a kid now could probably get me in serious trouble. Not because we were doing anything wrong, but the way society sees how you talk to youngsters. And I mean, that's across the board and social media and all those things. I think what we need to do is particularly is encourage sport in primary school. Um, I know they've got the Jersey Sport, I've got their free swimming lessons, you know, they do now, which is great. But I just think getting kids mobile all the time, you know, 
PE, I mean, one of the things you asked about what's different in Australia, Australia, they finish school at 2.30, but everyone has to do PE. Every day, an hour every day. So they finish school at 2.30, but there's an hour PE, you know. And there's no reason why we can't do that. There is no, I mean, people will say, oh, but my belief is they're going to learn the maths, they're going to learn their English, but sport and physical fundamentals, you know, if they don't have that, then actually they, they sort of fall by the wayside. And actually most, you know, science behind it and research tells us if kids are doing something sporty, they are feeling better about themselves, they release their endorphins, they're more likely to learn, they're more likely to retain information because they've got that health. So I think, yeah, if if we can go down that route, great. If not, we've got a challenge ahead of us. I've got a little boy who's four and... Um, you know, we've we've been putting them into as much sport as possible, rugby tots, uh, gymnastics up here and swimming because I just think it's so important. And, you know, if he can be a sporty lad and do his academics really well, then great. Finally, what are your plans for the future and what are, as a club, Tigers' plans for the future? Um, me personally is just to be the best coach I can be and the best person in terms of you know, leading these kids forward and doing a good job. Um, and try not to stagnate. I think it's easy to say we've, we've done what we needed to do. We've got to try and move forward. The best uh, example of that is to try and get as many kids at nationals as possible, get as many national finalists, as many national medal winners, get as many kids as you've come with games, come with games, all those things, and keep the participation levels up. You know, it's pointless me doing that and then our numbers go dwindling down to 50 kids because we're not looking after the youngsters. But we've got to make sure we keep enticing people to come back to the pool and change change with the times. You know, I said that before, we talked about how strict um, t- swimming used to be. When I first came in, you had to do the seven sessions and that was it. And we've created the squads where you don't have to do that. How is an example? But we've got to keep that. Otherwise, you know, participation levels will go down pretty quickly because society's changing and demanding that. So that's from that point of view. For me personally, as I said, I just keep doing what I'm doing. And I've got a young family and hopefully the club still want me and hopefully the islands still want me. And um, I'd love to still be here in 10 years' time talking swimming, um, whether it's me at the helm. You never know. So, um, yeah, I just want to keep loving the sport and hopefully that will happen. Thank you. No worries, man. That was a really good interview with Nathan. It will give hope to Jets who are experiencing exactly the same sponsorship issues as Tigers were not long ago. And Tigers have come out the other end fighting. A big good luck to Nathan in the future and all at Tigers Swimming Club especially those who are going to Olympic trials in the near future. I hope to speak to everyone at the club soon. I would like to take this opportunity again to thank today's sponsors, Sports Hub, for their continued support and I am extremely grateful. A big thank you to Nathan and all at Parkrun for coming on today's Sportscast jersey. Also, thank you to all of you for listening and I hope that one day you will be on the show. Hope to see you next time. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of violent sport.